Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heads Up Hockey Podcast. This is brought to you by our sponsor, Vigit Technologies. It's a wonderful sports fantasy wager app for people in the U.S. who can pick games, whether it's in the NHL, you know, choosing the over or the under, and winning Vigit tokens. Yes, I even play myself. It's not um, the the real type of wagering. It's fantasy wagering. But you actually, if you win a lot of tokens, you can actually get Amazon gift cards and stuff like that and other great prizes throughout the app. And it's available to those in the U.S. So I encourage you to uh, try it out and support the show and uh, use promo code HUH2021. Thank you for supporting Heads Up Hockey. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heads Up Hockey podcast. This is your host, Jersey Joe, and it is the NHL playoffs. It is the first round. A lot of games to talk about, um, especially... The Avalanche Blues game last night. Uh, Going to first off start with um, the Bruins game and how it all went down. So before the game started, the Bruins were down one nothing in the series, and it was right after uh, the Capitals won in overtime. And so this one was a really good uh, heads up play type game and they were just flying around I mean it was really good goaltending from the start it was really good defense throughout the whole game guys like Brendan Dillon for the Capitals were doing a really good job you know just trying to keep the Bruins off the scoreboard as much as they could but both teams exchanged uh, goals in between and the first guy to score in the game was Jake DeBrusque. Actually, he's one of my primetime targets for the Devils to acquire in the offseason. You know, he'd be like a young Kyle Palmieri who can shoot and be a finisher. So last night he had a uh, wrist shot for a goal um, in the first period, five minutes and five seconds in for the Bruins. And the following play was TJ Oshie. Uh, he got the assist from uh, Alexander Ovechkin and uh, John Carlson. And for those of you who uh, don't know, John Carlson's from Massachusetts, but he was brought up playing uh, in the New Jersey uh, hockey uh, minor system for like Bantam and all that, the youth hockey uh, the Devils have for the youth. So, Basically, he's a product of New Jersey, uh, hockey-wise. But anyways, Carlson had a nice assist along with the grade A Alexander Ovechkin. And Oshie just ripped one uh, for a power play goal on a tip-in. And there's been a lot of traffic in this uh, matchup. And uh, for those of you wondering, I actually just got a text from Jake asking when the next one would next one on Raising Hell in Jersey podcast will be. I said tonight, but I don't know if he, he'll do that, but I'm just trying to get him to cave in. Uh, 
But then again, the Bruins scored uh, by Patrice Bergeron from Pasta or David Pasternak. So I think it would be a great thing to do uh, just to think about what Bergeron's doing. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been around a long time and he knows what it takes to win the playoffs. But I really think the way Bergeron is, he's been one of those constant selkie trophy forwards in this generation for quite a while. And he's going to be one of those guys that the Bruins are going to have to replace with a couple of their prospects. Uh, Jack Studnitska is going to eventually going to be one of those guys in line or whoever uh, coming up. Or in a trade, we'll have to replace. Because the Bruins are forwards like Bergeron are starting to get a little older now. But anyways, uh, Hathaway for the Capitals scored last night with the help of Dmitry Orlov, the Russian defenseman, and Lars Eller, the Dane, who used to be a Montreal Canadian. Uh, Hathaway scored on deflection, 16 minutes and 42 seconds in the first. So there was a lot of exchanges and that made it two to two. It was on a deflection with 16 minutes and 42 seconds into the period. And then we have had any score in the second period. So Hathaway again scores on a wrist shot, makes it three to two Washington. And it's seven minutes and four seconds in uh, thanks to Carl Haglund and Dmitry Orlov. And Haglund has been a pest, and it's been pretty good for uh, the Washington Capitals. They're a little older, but they're more experienced than the Bruins uh, at this point. They've already won a Stanley Cup. The Capitals have a bit of an edge when it comes to that, but the Bruins have really uh, seasoned goaltending when it comes to that. And Taylor Hall, the former Devil, the former Oiler, uh, however you want to slice it, you know, I'm not going to forget Arizona, but that was temporary. He was uh, assisted by Smith and uh, Matt Gazelchik. Yes, I pronounce it the Polish way, not the American Canadian way, which is butchered all the time. But Halsey wristed it in. It was basically a net and mouse scramble, uh, as Doc Emmerich would say. So it was tied 3-3, 17 minutes, 11 seconds in. And we, and we went to overtime. And before you know it, one of the most hated guys in the NHL uh, was assisted by Krejci and Gazelchik on a slap shot 39 seconds in uh, by Brad Marchand. So that was your game. But now off to the Predators and Hurricanes. I actually, uh, before we go on to that, I actually have the Capitals beating the Bruins in the first round. And... I actually have Carolina beating the Predators. Uh, I actually like the way the Hurricanes are set up on defense and their depth and goaltending a little bit more than uh, Nashville. Nashville is very good on defense, but I don't think they have the depth to keep up with 
a younger Carolina core. So that's one of the things that I played into it. And Nashville, coaching-wise, John Hines hasn't had any luck in the playoffs other than winning one game uh, back in New Jersey. So there's that bias I'm going to get out of the way. For those of you who really like the really good defenseman, Ryan Ellis has been a really good player to watch, and he assisted along with Johansson for setting up Philip Forsberg's shot. Uh, that was a nice wrister, 12 minutes, 14 seconds in for Nashville. And then Toivu Teravainen uh, scores his first of the playoffs from Pesci and Lorenz on a deflection. So that really set the tone for the Hurricanes. And then uh, the veteran Jordan Stahl is assisted by Pesci uh, on a wrist shot. Uh, makes it 2-1 to one Carolina, 4 minutes and 19 seconds in. And Eric Haula actually scored to make it 2-2 uh, two to two with the help of Matt Deshane and Carrier on a snapshot, 8 minutes and 41 seconds in. And Nino Niederreiter, the former Islander and Minnesota Wild, Swiss-born forward, was assisted by uh, Nichas and uh, Vincent Trocek. So Martin Nichas and Trocek were pivotal in making it 3-2 to two Carolina. So that basically set that snapshot up to break the camel's back. So that started the, the trend for the game. And Jordan Stahl scores on an unassisted goal and made it 4-2 to two Carolina. And... Andrei Sveshnikov gets the empty netter to make it 5-2. So we have Carolina's up 1-0 in the series. So it's best of seven. And so before we get to the, the Blues and Avalanche, I want to get a few things out of the way on that. Just to throw a little bias out there, um... I am a UMass hockey guy. I grew up in Western Mass. Uh, basically, my first 16 years uh, of life. So from 89 to 2005, I was accustomed to going UMass Amherst games before they were really well known. And that was when Jonathan Quick was a freshman and he was beginning to be a young stud from Connecticut, you know, neighboring state to Western Mass. So he went to UMass Amherst and he ended up becoming a really good goalie and the Kings drafted him. But anyways, um, for friend of the show, Molly Walker, uh, she's a UMass alumnus and she went to cover Kale McCarr and Greg Carvel, the coach of UMass. And this was before they won the NCAA uh, Frozen Four uh, NCAA D1 championship uh, this past season. Uh, it was just very recent, like a month and a half or two months ago at this point. So I do have a, a strong liking for Guys like Kale McCarr, 
excellent player. I think this this kid is going to be a phenomenal uh, future Hall of Famer if he keeps it up at the playoffs as well as in the regular season. So just trying to get that bias out of the way. Um, so on to the Blues and Avalanche game. There were so many times back and forth in between periods where the Avalanche and the Blues could have easily scored tap-in goals, but they were rejected at a blink of an eye. It was that, like, exciting. You just thought, like, you know, a surefire tip-in would go in. That wasn't happening. The Avalanche basically outshot the Blues over 2-1 to ratio the whole game. And... There was a lot of speed, a lot of skill, a lot of tenacity, a lot of grit, and there was actually a fight in the in the in the game. So there was a lot of bad blood between the Western Conference teams, or I would like to think of them more as Central uh, teams, because if it were a normal year, we look at them as Central rivals. But anyways, Kale McCarr. 15 minutes and 15 seconds in, rips the wrist shot in on the power play goal. He just made it look really easy moving from the left side of the blue line, moving to the uh, to the slot, the mid slot, and just rips it in. And Jordan Cairo uh, was assisted by Robert Thomas and Ivan Barbashev for their first assist, and Kairou snapped it in for the tying goal in the second period. So there's a little bit of uh, action right there. And then Nathan McKinnon was uh, assisted by Mikko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog. And by the way, for those of you who know uh, or don't know, Gabriel Landeskog is uh, going to be a free agent. Uh, this off season, but I don't know if he'll get to free agency because we all know Joe Sackick as a GM is very shrewd with his moves and he can, you know, expose a guy that he doesn't need on the team and they're going to have to move a few pieces uh, here and there to uh, adjust for the 21-22 season. But they're going in for it now. So it's copper bust. And Rontanen himself had a really good game. But McKinnon just looked very, very good. And so after it was 2-1, to one, Gabriel Landeskog uh, was set up by Samuel Girard, the defenseman. And Nathan McKinnon was in the, was behind the net and, just squared it up to Gabriel Landeskog for the tip-in. And that was 8 minutes and 30 seconds in. And then, yeah, Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog connected again. And that was an empty netter on a wrister. And I can see this game, not this, not the game, but this series, either going to 7 games or 6 games or even five games, depending on if the Blues are able to answer back against Grubauer. 
But Grubauer looks like if he keeps this up, it could be a sweep or it'll go to seven, depending on how well Grubauer does throughout the series. Um, I do want to get a few things out of the way. So for those you know, I mentioned in the intro, sponsored by VIGIT, use promo code HUH2021. So that helps grow the show and you can place your fantasy wagers on any, you know, sports game um, in the app, you know, for those of you who are in the U.S. And just a little something to tell you, I am now writing for uh, Overtime Heroics Hockey uh, covering the New Jersey Devils and the NHL draft. So there's that for a start. And I'm excited because uh, I first started with Pucks and Pitchforks, you know, just doing Devils hockey and a little bit of the prospect stuff. And I was with the Puck Authority for a little bit and just enjoying what I do. Just moving on in the... Uh, journalism world and just thinking about uh, this offseason after the Stanley Cup is done and after the draft lottery is over uh, we still have to think about the Seattle crack and it's going to be a constant topic until uh, that dra- that expansion draft is concluded I know you're probably sick and tired of that um, friend of the show Neil Villapiano uh, of the devil state of mind messaged me yesterday about players who I realistically think uh, would be worth targeting. I believe the devil should be looking at defensemen from teams like the Islanders and the Golden Knights. I know it sounds a little far-fetched, but I think Zach Whitecloud could be a guy, Nicholas Haig, because... Um, it's going to be very hard for Vegas to give up uh, McNabb, Brady McNabb, who's one of their big shot blockers, heavy hitters. Uh, the Islanders have a guy on the cheap who's a shot blocker, physical, right-handed defenseman in uh, Scott Mayfield. And, you know, the Devils are very far away from the Islanders and Tom Fitzgerald and of course Tom Fitzgerald doing business with a guy like Lou Lamorello, you know, recently making that uh, Travis Zajac, Kyle Palmieri trade and giving the Devils the Islanders late first. I can see something like that happen if, you know, Lou Lamorello is trying to make way for guys like Dobson, uh, Dobson, and they already have Wallstrom, but they're trying to make way for other players um, to come up, and they and of course the Islanders are going to have to lose a player in the expansion draft, so there is going to be a little leeway for Tom Fitzgerald to try and make a move to improve the defense and. I was just mentioning that the Devils don't want to rush any players. So 
I mentioned that in the article, and I'm not going to ruin the whole thing, but it's worth noting that my buddy Neil Villapiano put out his ideal uh, candidates uh, for <clears throat> for the um, most improved player on the doubles. I said, I say for mine that Miles Wood is my go-to because he worked on a lot. I thought he was going to be underperforming this year, but he proved me wrong. Uh, Pavel Zaka, he would be the second most improved player. Uh, the most well-rounded, I would say, would be Igor Sharangovich. Uh, goaltending, of course, goes to Mackenzie Blackwood, but he had a, a down year just like the rest of everyone. But... He still looked pretty good, but, you know, he's working on the consistencies. And the team's going to work on a lot of things. Uh, but, however, I think the Vesna should go to a goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury for leading the Golden Knights. Um, Lady Bing should go to a guy like Zdeno Chara. Chara is just a gentleman for a guy who is a big, brutal Hitter, strong defenseman, does everything right, long reach. If you actually ever watch um, some YouTube videos of him, he's actually a very humble, modest guy. He doesn't really eat sweets. Um, for a guy that physical, he's very polite and calm for someone of his type. And he's a very good person. Uh, off the ice is not not just on the ice, and the Slovak defenseman I believe should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, no doubt. Especially after winning the Stanley Cup and just being a well-rounded defenseman, just I think he should be considered in the Hockey Hall of Fame once he retires. Um, champions, who do I think is going to be champion for the Stanley Cup? Very rarely do I pick a President's Trophy winner to be a Stanley Cup winner. This year, I actually see Colorado with potential. I mean, their defense, their forward group. I like their goaltending. I just like the way that their coaching staff is set up this year in the playoffs. Uh, in the East, it looks like the Capitals, maybe the, the Bruins. One of those two teams with experience could go up against a team like Carolina uh, or even go up against Minnesota from the West. I I do like Toronto and Winnipeg, but Calgary, you know, is Calgary. But I do like the way that the offseason set up and... If I'm looking forward to um, the Devils' internal options for defense, you're already looking at Kevin Ball. I see him already on this roster. He just looked very sharp in his first couple of games. And he's going to work on the consistencies of uh, playing the position. I mean, the kid's a freaking monster, 6'6", six 200-something six, pounds. I mean, dude's going to be playing for Canada in the – IAHF and you have Marion Studenich already playing for Slovakia very soon 
And it's just amazing to see that the Devils have a lot of really great players playing in the IHF uh, tournament. And it's going to be good for these players' development. And Akira Schmid was just signed. And for a kid who's a goaltender from Switzerland, who's been playing in the NAHL and the USHL, he's going to be developing with the Devils, uh, likely in Utica. So I see him, you know, in the farm system for three to four years, maybe, because you don't want to rush a goaltender, and likely the Devils will give a look at Jill Sen, who's been in the system a little bit longer. Um, with the Binghamton team now going to be part of Utica, the Utica Comets, the Devils uh, amended the logo for the uh, Utica Comets from the Canucks colors to the Devils uh, black and red. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, new season that the Devils are going to do for their um, minor league affiliate. So they have a 10-year contract with Utica, and it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I was asked by someone over a year ago to talk about the AHL a little bit more. So I'm trying to give that a bit more of um, some respect in there and uh, bring more awareness. What I do want to focus on is that um, you have guys like Alexander Holtz already in the system. Dawson Mercer is going to be 20. And you have Patrick Moynihan, who will eventually be signed to an ELC in, after this upcoming season. Uh, I really like the, the trajectory that the Devils have with their prospects uh, coming up. They're not going to need to be rushed. But I see Holtz getting at least um, a month or two in um, Utica, where the Devils won't have to rush him right away. Or they could see how he does in camp first before they put him there and see where he's assessed at. And I would like to see Nikita Ohachuk, um develop more in camp and see where he fits. I currently like Butcher being on the third line. I like to see Ball and Smith all on the top four. Uh top four skaters because you have PK who could be either bought out or play second line minutes. Uh, as a defenseman, you have Severson at the first line. So it makes sense for the Devils to bring in a, uh, I think they're going to go for Dougie Hamilton, to be honest, to help round out that right-handed defense core. And it doesn't hurt for Lindy Ruff to have someone with size and offensive capabilities. And I actually, I don't really think PK fits in the Devils' future long term. I think he's actually Seattle bound and, it, and it's very likely going to occur. Um, that's just my expectation. I would like to think that despite Tom Fitzgerald saying that or Lindy Ruff saying that 
Elaine Nazardine will stay on the coaching staff. I still think he's on a tight leash or a shorter leash um, at this point because if, you know, the defense uh, fails again under Nazardine's watch, I think a guy like Bryce Salvador will replace him. I mean, Salvador, if you ever watch him on MSG uh, Network, he does an amazing job covering the breakdowns of all the breakout plays from offense to defense. And Salvador used to be the Devils captain when uh, Lou Lamorello was the GM. And I really do think that the way uh, it is set up, you can have a guy like uh, Salvador be part of the coaching staff and the Devils, you know, went to the Stanley Cup finals with Salvador as the captain and he did do a great job uh, creating offense and defense. Um, wasn't the flashiest, but he got his business done correctly. Um, I do really think that the way the Devils are very young, a lot of these guys got a lot of exposure this season. And it's good for their development, but they still have to make some moves externally. They're going to need their finishing wingers. And I could see them, you know, snooping around for teams like San Jose, where you have. Timo Meyer, you have Tomas Hurdle, uh, just to name a few, and Kevin LeBanc, who can possibly fit in. Um, just one of those guys could fit because they are still young guys under term, and the Devils like guys under term that fit in uh, with any sort of asset for uh, re return on investment. So I think the Devils should inquire about those players. But do I think the Devils are going to light the world on fire? No, but they're going to do things more rationally. But Tom Fitzgerald will be uh, given more time to actually make more rational decisions, but make some bold moves and some shrewd ones. Uh, does Blake Coleman return to the New Jersey Devils? It's a possibility. Um, does Kyle Palmieri want to return? I don't think so because I like what he's doing with the Islanders. I think he fits into their near term because, you know, Paul Mary's been part of the Devils' uh, rebuild under Shiro. And when Fitzgerald took over the helm, you know, he was trying to get the best for both sides of the uh, Paul Mary and you know, the current Devils roster. So he was trying to get the best of both worlds. And, you know, it's a business. And, you, and this is why going back to the Ilya Kovalchuk uh, situation and the Parisi situation years ago, um, I learned not to get too close to certain players uh, emotionally. And that's where um, I learned to back off after a while. And, to, you know, for those of you who haven't followed the KHL, the Devils have a couple of prospects in the KHL. And Arseny Gritsyuk, uh was part of the Gagarin Cup uh, winning team in 
avant-garde Omsk, where former Devil uh, Reed Boucher and uh, former New Jersey Devil Ilya Valerievich Kovalchuk uh, are all sta- are all Gagarin Cup winners. It's like the Stanley Cup of the KHL, and so for those of you wondering about Gritsyuk, he's a uh, bronze medalist from the 2018. Uh, Ivan Klinka uh, Memorial Cup. He's a uh, silver medalist in that same uh, 2018 uh, U18, U20 uh, World Junior. So he's has a pedigree and he was with uh, the Russian national team again recently with... Uh, What's what's that coach's name? I'm just trying to remember. He was with the professor. His nickname is that coach was uh, his coach. So I I forgot the name drawing blanks. Kind of like my buddy uh, Steve Corniano's drawing blank on a name. But anyways, um, Gritsyuk had a beautiful slap shot goal in the World Juniors. Uh, against Austria, and that was just a obliteration of Austria. Uh, I've been to Austria, but um, their hockey team was decimated. Um, but other than that, the Devils have a very good pipeline for the bright future. I disagree that the Rangers have a brighter future because they'll likely use a lot of their pieces of prospects and current players in a Jack Eichel type trade and it will likely hurt them in the near and longer term. So um, that's my take, but thank you for uh, listening to Heads Up Hockey. Uh, Thank you for supporting the podcast and don't forget to follow us on anchor.fm. We're on Spotify, Apple, CastBox, and many other places um, I'm Jersey Joe, and you can follow me on Instagram at Joe of Jersey, and I'll see you next time.